0: Next, the golden days of radio.
1: This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past... ...headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring vocalist Frankie Lane... Red Skelton, Henry Morgan, Arnold Stang, and the complete cast of It Pays to be Ignorant. One of the most popular vocalists during the 40s and 50s was Frankie Lane. Here he is performing in 1949 on one of the Chesterfield Supper Club programs.
2: by the river Saint-Marie. We pledged our love until eternity. Now along the pebble pathway to her door. We kissed and then we kissed again and parted on the shore. Angela strings out across the sea. I saw her kneel and say a prayer for me. When winter's gone, spring is on. I will meet her by the river St. Marie. Hey, I left her by the river St. Marie. We pledged our love until eternity. Now along the pebbled pathway to her door, we kissed and then we kissed again and parted on the shore. The angela swings out across the sea. I saw her kneel and say a prayer for me. When winter's gone, spring is on I will meet her by the river we will meet by the river St. Marie
1: And here's his famous hit That's My Desire To
2: spend one night with you And I and reminisce with you that's my desire to day That's my desire We'll sip a little glass of wine I'll gaze into your eyes divine I'll feel the touch of your lips see on mine To hear you whisper low Just wait It's time to go Sherry, I
1: Red Skelton's television show has been up among the top ten for more than two decades Long before television came along, Red was featured on his own weekly half-hour radio show, Tuesday nights on NBC Here's Red and announcer Rod O'Connor cutting up on one of the shows in 1950
3: Thank you you and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hiya, Rod Hiya, Red Uh, How do you feel, Rod? Oh, I feel great That's good (laughs) I wonder what the other idiots are doing tonight (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll bet Jack Benny wishes he had writers like (laughs)
4: this We
3: rehearse all day long We sit here, we yell at each other and everything And we get on the air and say How do you feel? Good to see you (laughs) That's silly Uh, Well, Red, I see that Santa Anita racetrack opened Oh, yeah it's a funny coincidence. The other day, uh, Santa Anita opened my savings account. Closed. Already? <laughs> hey, you mean you've been out of the track already? Yeah. You can tell by the shirt I'm not wearing. <laughs> that sailor has it as a flag. <laughs> that flag I was wearing is now a shirt.
4: <laughs>
3: they. <is> they <laughs> not only did they. T- <laughs> not only did they take the, the, my, my shirt. But the hair on my chest Both of them <laughs> Hey, you know, I was out the racetrack one day And I had an old pair of slacks And they didn't have any pockets in them, see And there was a guy out there He came up and he put his hand in my pocket A big pocket, see Put his hand in my pocket So I reached through and shook hands Laughter I kind of like to go out the racetrack. I I love to see the horses run. Oh,
5: I do too, really. the
3: ones I bet on, too. (laughs) Well, I love horse racing. You know, it's a clean sport. Yeah, they clean me. (laughs) I I went down to the track to a friend of mine, Freeman Keys. You know, he owns horses. Mm -hmm. Well, did Freeman's horse go to the post yesterday? Huh? I said, did Freeman's horse go to the post yesterday? Well, this is a horse race, boy. (laughs) We try it again? Yeah. Did Freeman's horse go to the post (laughs) yesterday? (laughs) Yeah, and then right after the race, they burn him at it. His horse would run, but he kept turning around to see if his plow was on straight. (laughs) I'm not saying this horse was slow, Mm -hmm. but when he started, two-year-old, he ended up an (laughs) eight-year-old. He runs so many times that he didn't recognize any of the other horses when he met them face to face. (laughs) Hey, did did you you, you hear about the radio horse? No. As the race starts, he turns up the grandstand and he says, Goodbye, folks. See you next week. Same time, same play. (laughs) Uh, Did you have any money riding on him, Red? Uh, yeah. Two bucks. Two bucks. Horse buck twice. (laughs) I guess that's what weighed him down. (laughs) The horse would have made a better showing, but he... (laughs) See, I, I don't know. I should read these things before. Well, what happened? Be... Huh?
5: Say, what happened? Why could he run faster?
4: <laughs> huh?
3: <laughs> See, you have a cold. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. He turned to one of the other horses and he says, Have you run on this track before? And the other horse says, Yes. He says, I'll follow you.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that saves that one. Yes, though. it does. <laughs> a Real nag. He started huh? out at 2 to 1. He came in at half past 6. <laughs> a nag, this horse was so sway back in the middle of the race, the jockey stumbled. (laughs) And when the race started, see, they yelled, they're off! (laughs) The horse yelled back, prepare yourself, here it comes. They yelled, they're off. And the horse yelled back, you can't fool me. I ain't wearing any. <laughs> if they're not there, we'll make up something. You know, it seems strange that they let a horse like that run. Yeah. I prefer thoroughbreds, horses that are high strung. Yeah, well, this horse should be. <laughs> At least he was a pretty nice horse, though. Oh, he had a lot of spirit, a lot of spirit. At the beginning of that race, boy, you should see him rear up on his knees.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he was almost human. He started the race from a kneeling position. Mm-hmm. And that crowd at Santa Anita, boy, the money they spend. Do you realize how much money they spend in racing each year? No. Truman found out how much money they took in at Santa Anita last year, so now he wants to throw out Congress and put in horses.
4: LAUGHTER
5: While you were out there, Red, did you see
3: anybody you know? Yeah, I saw my brother out there. Boy, can he pick em. Women or horses? Pockets. <laughs> yeah, my brother's really quite a character. He must have been quite a character. Oh, yeah. He's uh, working on a labor-saving device now. A labor-saving device? What's yes. that? A rich old
1: lady. Comedian Henry Morgan satirized everything from commercials to the President of the United States on his program during the 40s. As a matter of fact, Mr. Morgan continues to be heard on the air to this day. Almost any Sunday, you can tune in to the NBC radio program Monitor, and he's holding down the fort. Although his commentary isn't as biting as it once was. In 1949, Henry Morgan brought the show to Hollywood for a month, and the results were hilarious. Here's Henry, along with comedian Arnold Stang.
5: Well, like every other New Yorker, the first person I met out here was another New Yorker. I will now speak to him in our native
4: tongue.
5: Hey, Gerard, come here. Yeah? Hello, Gerard. How are you? What's new?
6: Same old thing. How's your wife? Same old thing.
5: How do you like sunny Cal?
6: What's not to like?
4: Like it, huh? What's to like?
5: <clears throat> What's not to like about the mountains here?
6: Eh, give me the Catskills.
5: <laughs> so it's cold in the Catskills?
6: So it's hot
4: here. <laughs>
5: so? So? So, nothing. See any of the sights around
6: here, Gerard? Yeah, I went to Hollywood and Vine there, that place there that Bob Hope and them fellas make jokes about. So? So what's so funny?
4: Hey, uh,
5: Gerard. Yeah? How do you like about the Dodgers?
6: Who cares? What kind of flatbush fellow are you? You don't care about the Dodgers? They care a lot about me. Hey, Hank. Yeah? Well, maybe if you're a big shot, I should call you Henry. Maybe. So listen, Hank. <laughs> I gotta write a letter to the wife, see? So I don't know what to write. So? So you're a smart fella, so maybe you could tell me what to write.
5: Well, uh, what have you written so far, Gerard?
6: Are you, all of a sudden, you talk like a high school
4: graduate.
6: <laughs> and, anyways, here's the letter. See, here's the letter. Dear Sadie. Hey, uh, you think I should write dear to my own wife? Why not? Well, it's like writing to a bank or something.
5: Yeah. Well, you can write Darling Sadie or Honey or Sweetheart.
6: Darling Sadie. Honey. Sweetheart. Eh, dear Sadie. (laughs) Well, I have arrived safe and sound from good old N.Y. to good old L.Y. L.A. Imagine going 3,000 miles all the way from one continent to another.
5: That's your ride. Yeah. It's all the same continent
6: It's all the same to you But what does Sadie know?
4: (laughs)
5: Gerard, if I may suggest Instead of writing dry facts Why don't you write about things You're both interested in Things you and your wife Always talk about
6: Yeah? Yeah Oh Dear Sadie How's your varicose veins? (laughs) Gerard
5: What's
6: the matter now?
5: Write her about people back home. There must be someone back home you're especially interested in and fond of.
6: I should write Sadie about Hortense? (laughs) Hey,
5: uh, by the way, Gerard, what ever happened between you and Hortense?
6: Eh, we went around together so long, we began to agree on everything. So? So we agreed we didn't like each other. (laughs) So what should I write to Sadie?
5: Listen, kiddo, why don't you just call her long distance?
6: You mean I should phone her up on the telephone? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Oak? Oak. See you around? Likewise.
1: I've said it before, and I'll say it again. One of the funniest comedy shows on the air was It Pays to be Ignorant. It starred four zany people by the names of Tom Howard, George Shelton, Harry McNaughton, and Lulu McConnell. From their broadcast of October 4th, 1943, here's It Pays to be Ignorant.
7: What is a reigning beauty? A girl who's all wet. Correct. (laughs) Pay that man $8. (laughs) If four frankfurters cost 10 cents, what is 500 frankfurters? A lot of baloney. Correct. (laughs) Pay that man $9 because... It Pays to be Ignorant.
5: Once again, it pays to be ignorant, presided over by that famous scholar, historian, and Cracker Jack prize collector, member of the team of Howard and Shelton, Tom Howard.
7: Thank you. Thank you, Bruce Elliott, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, here we are with that Daffy Quiz program again, with a board of experts who are such bores they make termites look like amateurs. Because I'm too lazy to work, I have to introduce them to you. First, we have the celebrated author, Mr. Harry McNaughton, who has just written a book entitled How to Kiss a Girl Without Removing Your Cigar or Hot Lips I Have Known. Here here he is, Mr. Harry McNaughton. I, uh...
0: Thank you. Mr. Howard, I have a poem. As I was going to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Each wife, wife had seven cats, each cat had seven kids. Okay. I wonder what a man wants with so many cats.
7: All right, all right.
0: (laughs) Imagine having to put all those cats out every night. Yeah, that's
7: quite a job. But let's forget about it. Don't worry about it, Mr. McNaughton. Next, we have a woman who was known in her younger days as the Belle of the Brawl. A woman, a woman so wide, a woman so wide she could only walk down one-way streets. Here she is, Miss Lula McConnell. You know, Mr. Howard, I never realized until the other day how few
8: people live in California. What makes you think there are so few people living in California? Well, my cousin Gertie's out there, and I just got a letter from her. I and see. she says it's so cold out there, everybody sleeps under two blankets. I see. You know, you can't get many people under two blankets. No, no. Miss <laughs> oh, uh, McConnell, if you ever
7: find a place where they give brain transfusions, be sure and get one. Next, we have a man who is so lazy, he rolls under the dresser every morning and waits for the collar button to find him. (laughs) A man who only works because he is too nervous to steal. Here he is, Mr. George Shelton. You know, Mr. Hart, I had a tooth pulled
8: out today. Uh See, this one here, right here.
7: All right.
8: Where? Where? That one there, can you see? I don't see it. Of
7: course you can't see it. I had it pulled out. All right. Well, no wonder
8: I can't see it. No. Did you take
7: gas? I should say not. I'm allergic to gas. Makes me dopey Makes you dopey You must have taken an overdose when you were a baby, Mr. Right. Sheldon Now we come to the most amusing part of these introductions The part where I tell you we have music on the program Then in the same breath, I call your attention to the corn cobblers Here they are <laughs> Thank you now, now that we have all the cows in the barn, we'll get right on with the program the first question tonight comes from a Miss Davies of Belrose, Long Island. Her question is, what beverage do we get from tea leaves? Did you get that, Mr. McNaughton? I beg I pardon. say, did you get it? Was I supposed to get it? What do you mean, were you supposed to get
0: it? Well, when you said, what beverage do we get from tea leaves, I thought you were speaking to all of us. I mean, did you get the question? No, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. You didn't hear the... <laughs> You just repeated it. I did. Wasn't that clever of me? Yeah, it
4: was. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: very really clever. Reminds me of the time I went fishing.
7: What's fishing got to do with it?
0: There I was out in the ocean. Oh, it was a beautiful day, yes. And there in the distance of the cool green water was a lone shark. You know, those guys will
7: folly any place. That's all. Right,
8: please, cut it out the sheriff with
7: it? No, no. This was a man-eating shark. I guess that's what happened to the sheriff. That's what happened to
0: the sheriff.
8: All
7: right. Listen, you three civilian secrets, we have a question here. What beverage do we
8: get from tea leaves? I had my fortune told by tea leaves, Mr. Howard. By tea leaves? Uh Uh-huh. And you know what she told me? No. She said I was going to meet a tall, dark, handsome man. Uh Uh-huh. And he was going to take me in his arms and kiss me. Yeah. Think of it. Yeah. Miss McConnell, that will never happen. I know, but think of it Think of it (laughs) Why, you
7: ever kiss Miss McConnell?
8: Oh, sure, Sadie Wright's little boy kissed me the other day
7: Yeah, he's probably teething and he has to bite something, Miss McConnell
8: (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, listen, bonehead I just wish I was your wife I'd make you miserable for the rest of your life
7: Miss McConnell, if you were my wife, I wouldn't want to live the rest of my life
8: (laughs) Out what you say about me, or I'll bring my old man up here and beat you over the head with him. No, beat you. <laughs> up. No. And the question is, and
7: was, and always will be what beverage do we get from tea leaves? Mr. Sheldon, do you drink tea? No, I never drink anything stronger than pop. I see. And pop will drink anything. Pop will drink anything. I say, you you people are making me thirsty. All right. Well, drink a glass of milk, Mr. McNaughton. It's good for your blood. Oh, I'm not bloodthirsty. You're not bloodthirsty. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
8: I drink milk, Mr. Howard. I drink milk from contented cows.
0: Isn't it easier to drink it from a glass?
8: Yeah. <laughs> Imagine looking a cow up there. Oh, yeah, milk can't be much good when the
7: cows give it away. Look, yeah. uh, look, Mr. Elliott, suppose we send Miss Davies $10.51 for a question. With love and kisses from Peel's beer, Mr. Howard? Yes, you can say that also, Mr. Elliott. The question, the answer to it is, we get from Tea Leaves Tea. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, is this the adventures of a thin man? Look, my friend, I don't know who you are, but this program is it pays to be ignorant. Well, is every program on the air? It pays to be ignorant. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> well, I'm looking for an empty studio. For what? Well, I've got to give a leopard a banjo lesson. A leopard? Wait a minute. Have you got a leopard that plays a banjo? No, but I've got one spotted. You got one. <laughs> folks, Mr. Pallese tells us it's time to sign off. So we we'll leave you until this time next week. So here is Terry Allen to tell you what we mean when we say...
2: It pays to be ignorant, to be dense, to be dumb, to be ignorant. It pays to be ignorant just like me. Each week I earn six dollars. My brain is terribly lax but when there ain't no income then there ain't no income tax
1: That wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I'd like to tell you fellas and gals in the service how you can smarten yourselves up in just a few hours a day. I'm referring to Yusafi, of course, the United States Armed Forces Institute. It's quite an outfit, Yusafi is, and what service it gives you while you're giving your service to your country. Yusafi's program includes correspondence courses, educational advice and information, and testing and reporting for military and civilian credit purposes. If you plan on a military career, the results of your study with Yusafi go with you and help you find the job you're best suited for. If you study with a civilian job in mind after your discharge, the results are forwarded to your prospective employer. Yusafi offers you courses in just about any subject you can think of. You name it, Yusafi has it. For a uniform education, study with Yusafi. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities on this, the American Forces Radio and Television Service.